everybody. Welcome to the Curated Podcast. My name is Kendall Becker and I am your host, but I am also a fashion editor and trend forecaster, meaning that I hear a lot of incredible stories throughout my career. Oftentimes, I don't have the perfect fit for these stories, but I knew that they needed to be told. So welcome to the Curated Podcast, a platform dedicated to sharing passion and purpose and curating a life path that is perfect for you, whatever that may look like. Tune in weekly for conversations with global creatives in fashion, luxury, hospitality, wellness, and so much more as we discuss the why in life. And stay tuned for a couple bonus solo episodes as well. Let's dive into this week's episode. Marina Laroude is an absolute fashion industry all-star. She's worked at some of the coolest names in the industry, such as Vogue, Style.com, if you know, you know, and Barney's. We chat about her experience on both the editorial and retail sides of the industry and to what she's doing now, which is her own accessories label. Not to mention her business partner is her husband. So we dive into all of that and more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, like now as the year as the years passed, right? I started my career over like 20 years ago, um, completely obsessed with fashion and not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. You know, at the time there wasn't like um university or classes or anything like that for like marketing to fashion at least not not where I was from like I'm from Brazil originally so it was either like you can be a designer and you can study that route or you know that's it right and I found myself when I was in college I found myself at Brazilian Vogue basically like a friend of a friend in in, in college told me that they needed like an assistant to a stylist for one photo shoot and you know, I put my hand out there and I met like, I think I was there for around like three years. So I came to help out with one fashion story, you know, and then I just, I just stayed. I never left. Right. Okay. And I had this incredible experience with like working with, you know, Giselle or like all the big girls at the moment, which was like the Brazilian boom. So it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, later on, I met my husband in Brazil. We, we both like wanted to live abroad. Like he had a job in New York. I didn't, but I was going to come here to study. I moved to New York City. I did probably like, I don't know, two or three classes at Parsons, but one of those that is just like once a week, nothing that it was, you know, major or anything like that. And then I had to start it all over again. Right. So I, I had already like three years experience and thankfully, yeah. I had the Vogue name, um, although it was like Brazilian Vogue and no one had, you know, seen it before. It was a great global name. So like that I had it in my resume to apply for like internships and assistance here. Mm -hmm. So that I, you know, I, I started, I worked at Temperley for like a year, basically doing everything that a fashion assistant would do plus retail. Uh So my job, yeah, my job, it was, Monday through Saturdays uh, and we had to you know it was by appointment only it was like this whole like British thing so we were there um, all Saturday you know just selling those 
fabulous dresses. Mm -hmm. And then I really wanted to go back to editorial. You know, I I had spent three years at Brazilian Vogue and I really want to, you know, to do that. Um, I sent my resume to probably like a thousand people and I'm not even kidding. I went through like every mess had. I, you know, I figured out what the Hearst email was, what the Conan asked email was, and I emailed like everyone. Oh my God. I think like probably like three people got back to me and then three people were like, oh, thank you so much for sending a resume. And no one, <laughs> no one sent me a response. So typical. I, you really do like need that tenacity to get in because it's not just one of those LinkedIn easy applies like that needs oh, hustle. Not at all. And then one day I saw, you know, I saw an invite at the lobby it was a christian door invite i remember this vividly um at the lobby of my building and i read her name it was candy pratt's price i had no idea who she was mm -hmm. no idea i was already living in the building for like a year so i googled her and i was like okay must be someone who works in fashion if she's getting a christian door invite right, right? And, and then I was like, okay, creative director at style.com. I had no idea how major that was, right? Because at Brazilian Vogue, it was either like a fashion director or editor-in-chief. There wasn't like all, you know, the extra layers. Okay. So I took the audacity to write her cover letter, uh, print out my resume and leave it to the doorman with flowers I had never met her before I had no idea what I looked like nothing so I gave to the doorman and I was like can you just handle this to candy a month passed nothing my husband bumped into her in an elevator and was like oh I believe my wife sent you something and through candy Pratt's price she was like um I don't believe in everything I read I'm checking my references um oh, you know no. so, yeah so then it was like you know I mean Candy it's like she's still a very close friend uh of mine until today but she threw me like a baby shower you know she's like the best oh. but um so I came and she asked me to like come for an interview like 8 30 a.m and um I was ready there at 8 30 she was like I don't have any job for you but I will you know connect you around I just wanted to meet you to see if you were like a crazy person or not because I had just seen your resume and I then like fair enough fair enough fair enough you know let me invite her here in my in my office at 8 30 to check if this girl is crazy or not so uh I don't think anyone had sent her you know resume like that before so yes Long story short, she passed my resume to Dirk Sennon, who was editorial chief at style.com at the time. Dirk um, was like, how do you know Candy? And I was like, she's my neighbor. And then he probably thought that I was like very close friends with her. And I was like, I just met the woman like two hours ago. Um, but, you know, long story short, he needed an assistant to do a styling job for one market story. And he he was like, oh, do you want to try? And I was like, sure. And I think I did a good job and I was there for like 10 years. Oh, so I, yeah, so I started, you know, for one job and it was for man.style.com. And, um, and I say this because especially for like the young girls or like the young women that are, or guys that are applying for the job right now, sometimes the job doesn't come to you the way that you are like, dreaming of do you understand you're like oh no I'm not gonna do this because I'm looking for like a permanent role 
you never know. You just need to put yourself like out there. Okay. And so I went, I did it. I was a fashion assistant at man.style.com for probably like, I think like two years. Mm -hmm. Then the market editor position opened in women's and that was my dream, oh, right? I didn't want to work with like men's, but I had that fabulous experience because men's, it was, everyone was so friendly, you know, like I was able to, it wasn't as competitive as women, especially at the time. So I got to travel to Paris and Milan. So it was like such an amazing experience um, right at the gate. Right. Then I went to style and I was there for a very long time. Um, after that, I went to Teen Vogue, where I was fashion director. And a lot of people asked me at the time, why are you leaving a digital platform to go into print when print is dying? And for me, it was about managing a bigger project. It was about like managing like 15 people under me. It was about like learning that aspect of the business that I didn't have in the digital. I already had the fast pace, but I, I wasn't managing a big team like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a team vote for, you know, I don't know, almost three years too. And then um, the Barnes position came up. Okay. I knew, I knew Tomoko, who was fashion director at Barney's. We've met many times during like fashion weeks and Tomoko called me she was like oh I'm leaving would you be interested in applying for my position and I was like sure of course I am um I applied for the position and I interviewed uh for six months oh so good every, oh my god it was I like listen it was intense um so like for for like half a year right I was like am I gonna get it am I not gonna get it like who else is applying they're like and then you know that like everyone is applying. It's like super competitive. Mm -hmm. um, I met, I mean, I don't know. I met with Daniela Vitalia a couple of times. I met with Jennifer Sumo a couple of times. So it it was, it was a long time coming. But um, when that definitely came, it was, you know, uh, another dream job. It was incredible. Um, I got to learn so much from, you know, all of them. And I got to learn so much from, you know, the CEOs in the fashion industry that I was present in like business meetings and, and learning so much from the team. And then like the store people on um, what works, what doesn't work, what works in Seattle, what works in New York, what works in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that it was, I find that like my Barney's years, it was really an MBA on business of fashion. Right. What was it like making that transition from editorial that is, you know, of course has the business aspect, but it's traditionally more creative and then into Barney's and learning that, you know, what goes into retails. I feel like not that many people think how business driven it is, you know, when you kind of younger and you're like, Oh, a buyer, I'm going to go buy these cute shoes because I think that's, you know, all that is. And it's driven by taste. But really, it's there's a lot to go into it. It's a whole language, the vocabulary. It, it's quite a lot. Listen, uh, thankfully, I had come from style.com, where we were like five editors running like a, one of like the biggest fashion websites at the time. Yeah. So it was um, I was um, I was used to the fast pace um multitasking doing a lot or having a lot on my plate right 
So when I came to Barney's, it was not only a fashion director of like meeting new designers and bringing new ideas to the fold, but then also helping the buying team plus developing the private label business, which was ready to wear handbags and shoes. Okay. That was also part of my scope. And, and I had to produce, it was my team um, that we had to produce all the mailers, all the catalogs, all the photo shoots. It was, you know, done by it's the fashion awesome. office. Right. You're so was, a lot of different points in fashion office. It was, it was, so I think like everything came into play when I, when I was, you know, when I was at that position, very early on, um, I learned that you can love a dress um, and you can choose that as your exclusive piece and it's the most extravagant dress and you buy it and you really believe on it and you can promote it and it's very like Vogue tutorial, but then it doesn't sell. Right. Right. Uh, and then, and then you start learning of like, okay, how old is this woman? What's her body type? Like, what is she looking for? How much is she willing to pay? How, like, what is the price value here? What is the seasonality? You know, like, it, Ooh, yeah. then it, it becomes like very specific. Then it's even harder for you to, to succeed, right? As, right. Uh, so I think that it was, what necessarily I had to merge all the editorial experience that I have in terms of like imagery, but then um, together with what would drive sales and uh, and the volume part of it. And that it was a big, like it was a learning curve. You know, I remember, I think like the first six months I was just like, <laughs> over my head like learning a lot every single day and oh, yeah. you know I, I was very immersed into into the world for sure mm -hmm. oh it's interesting and I think having both sides of the coin there is so nice too because sometimes you know being on the retail side it's because it is so business driven you get stuck in that bestseller rut and I yes. guess having the editorial edge really can allow for that creativity so taking this like depth of experience and now bring it into entrepreneurship and starting your own label, how did you decide to make that step and why accessories also? Listen, I think I always, I've always dreamed about, you know, having my own thing, um, but self, like not selfishly, but like I had all these dream jobs, right? Like how would I leave Barney's and, and, and take the leap to understand and not having an income. Like I had two kids at the house. Like it wasn't, um, it wasn't ever like the right time for me to take the leap or so I thought so. Uh, I like month one of the pandemic, I lost my job and it was the perfect storm for me because it's like, okay, I do have a career. I do have a strong resume, but there's no way that I can get a job right now. There's no way that I can even network with my peers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is the time that we can build something uh, of our own. And it was my husband and I, he was furloughed at the moment. Um, at the time, we were just home looking at each other and uh, Truthfully is, you know, we moved here as immigrants. I mean, uh, Ricardo, it's... Um, American um, born and based here until he was very young but we came here with a 
career in mind, right? Like with, okay, we need to make it or we need to make it because, <laughs> and then we saw ourselves, uh, we took kids at home and no job. And we're like, ah, it's better if we try to do something on our own right now, because like, what are the odds that we're going to devote ourselves out there like five years to, and then lose it again. Right. Right. I know. It's funny how sometimes those tower moments end up being the best thing where you're like, everything is coming crashing down, but I have this blank slate. And like, how can you not take advantage of something like that? And I remember like vividly um, when I was, I don't know, probably when I was at Teen Vogue, I read a Tori Birch interview where she, where they asked like, how did Tori, like the brand yeah. became? And she was like, listen, I took a hiatus from my fashion career because I had, you know, twins and I had an out, an outside perspective. And then that's when my brand was born. Yeah. Like, oh my God, when is going to be my aha moment? You know? So I think like when I lost my job, I was like, okay, this is the moment that I was waiting for. Like all windows are closed. All all doors are closed. There's nothing to do, but to be creative and and do something on our own. Sure. Luckily, um, it wasn't just me and Ricardo who was um, without a job at a time. A lot of people that we knew in the industry were out of a job. The factories were like obsolete. Uh, You know, we got a shoe designer who is like a friend of ours and he was also like without a job. And we're like, why don't we put this together? You know, let's do the samples. Let's figure out like a step at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, Ricardo did the whole business plan in terms of how big is the shoe business in the US? How big, how big is the shoe business globally? Um, where we would fit better, like the entire like strategy. And honestly, we didn't even think about doing our own brand. We were, we were, we knew that we could connect the two worlds of like yeah. Brazil manufacturing since we had Gabriel with us, and we knew that we had a network in the US, right? So initially the plan it was to do even private label for Barneys because I used to do that. And um, Barneys had, you know, was sold to ABG. We even pitched the business plan to them and it didn't take us anywhere because no one was investing anything. Right. So we were like, okay, why? And I honestly, I spoke with so many friends in the industry and they were like, it's easier for you to start a new brand now than to try to revive something that, it just died like very recently. Yeah. So that's what we did. We we went ahead. We did a first set of samples, and and then the first set of samples we did at the same time we we're doing the logo. We were doing the box. We we're just like envisioning every step of the way. Uh-huh. And you in love- six months we launched the website. God, that is that's a quick timeline. That's absolutely amazing. How did you go about developing your brand ethos? Like what was the inspiration that drew in for what it is? Because it was, you know, Ricardo and I and the foundation of what our house is in terms of like inclusivity, fashion, happiness, uh, like welcoming. It was, it was, um, it was just like an extension. It was like having a third child right I love uh, 
we love for me it was key to have a very high quality product mm-hmm. because of working in the industry for like a very long time I knew that I wanted to offer a luxury I don't like to use the word luxury but I a prime product to to the customer yes and for the listeners that don't quite know the extent of the industry working as a market editor or as a fashion director you are seeing countless brands time and time again and so it really helps you curate like okay I know that this quality really stands out over this or using a heel height or whatever that might be so I mean having that depth of knowledge incredible to set you up for creating something and I think you know I I was lucky enough to learn with other people's mistakes as well right like and I So we really wanted like a very high quality product. But then for me, it was key to, I didn't want to compete with Prada, nor do I think that I should compete with Prada or any other like high-end brand. And I always thought that it was a little bit pretentious for like a young designer to charge a high-end designer price for like their goods, right? Like you don't have the same marketing. I mean, listen, yes, the cost of goods and the whole thing, I get it. The margins, like, you know, but for me, it was more about like, I want to do the best product that I can Mm -hmm. and offer to the woman, to especially like the young working women, a shoe that will last, that they can wear from, you know, 10 years, that if they have summer weddings they can wear like every summer but I want to charge a price that they would be willing to pay and they would you know it won't break the bank let's say exactly landing at that sweet spot where you know you're getting quality it's aspirational it's an amazing gift but also she can go buy that and feel really good about it and I think with at the time um in DTC brands, they were a lot of, you know, fashion, radish wear, DTC brands, but there weren't any in shoes. Shoes is very hard to make. It's a difficult industry to get into. Um, luckily, you know, we, as I told you, um, I knew a lot of people that did not have a job at the time. Gabriel, who is our head designer, you know, who was like, I, I know the best factory. I'm going to go there. And we work on the last, we work on the fit uh, ever since day one. His passion for footwear and my passion for fashion and Ricardo's passion for like brand building and business, we just put everything into it. And when the products came in my house for the first time, I cried. And I cried because I was so proud to you know to put my name into something Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put you know my name or my reputation my anything into something that I wouldn't believe and just to hit that price tag but then also I was very proud of the country that I was born that they were able to execute such a prime like Italian Italian quality shoes um, that I would be able to offer you know to the U.S. market Right. It's beautiful having all of that coming together. And, you know, I think too, when you're working with people, especially people that you care about, like your husband and having their fulfillment come into play too, it's such a beautiful synchronicity. Yes. uh, It's definitely like having a third child. It is, 
you know, life and it's just life now. There is not a, a dividing moment between, you know, work and life. Um, we breathe every day, like no matter if we're like on a date night or like on a Sunday walk, we're constantly thinking about how we can make it better, uh, how we can make it better to the customer, what it's the trajectory that we want to take the brand. We are always we're always thinking, right? How we can improve. How is it working with your husband and also finding that work-life balance that of course, that myth of work-life balance, but what is that relationship? Like, how do you guys balance it all? Listen, the working part, it's the easiest part because I trust him unconditionally and there is no one that I would rather be business partner with, right? Like we, I mean, we have sold hundreds of thousands of shoes, you know, in a couple of years time, we extended to, you know, Nordstrom to 30 doors now, Bloomingdale's 10, we grew exponentially. Um, and thankfully, like we just opened a factory, you know, so like all of those things wouldn't even be able um, if, I mean, if it wasn't, you know, um, for him, but I mean, for me, the hardest part is when we get home or if we're like on vacation for like a day and then the work comes, you know? So like yesterday it was 1030 and who was asking me a work question. I was like, not now, please. You know, I just don't want to answer this right now. So I think that it's, it's more like my private moment that either I want to sleep or I want to swim and and work comes. Yes, that makes sense. I'm, I'm still trying to find the balance. I don't have that yet. No, I feel like it's an ever evolving thing, right? When you think you've got it down and there's some <laughs> other thing that always comes up. Where are some places too that you go for seeking inspiration or curate your mindset? So then when you do dive into work, you're ready to go and feeling, you know, like you're bringing something new to the table. Lately, um, Lately, travel more than anything, you know, and I'm also being very inspired by like stores lately. Yeah. Um, I know it sounds, I know it sounds dumb, but I like the Tiffany store in New York. I, I think it's like so gorgeous. You walked in there and you're like, okay, they're showing something new to the customer. Mm -hmm. I, I think I am such an online shopper and I shop everything online that I don't even, you know, walk in a store or see anything or even have that experience. I went to a mess over the weekend just to see how, how the experience was. And it was my first time in the new store. I have no idea when they open and it was incredible. I'm like, Oh my God, this looks so beautiful. The staircase, the bags, the shoes, the men's department. I was just very inspired by what someone else is it's doing to their customer, right? And of course, like travel and restaurant and seeing the women outdoors and seeing the young girls, like what are they wearing? You know, like pop culture in, in, in general and then like red carpet and magazines. And, but that I find that the minute that I leave my computer and I go and I and experience life in a, in a different way that I'm finding very inspiring lately. I love that. I totally relate. I feel like I used to be such a always head down person, like working till the second I went to bed. And then you would feel kind of guilty for taking those breaks. Yes. And it started to, I think this is, you know, and thanks to COVID, honestly, 
starting to let myself take those breaks or go work remotely from Costa Rica or whatever it might be. And you end up being more inspired and creating better work because of that. Yes, yes, for sure. I love what you said too about your line invoking, like evoking positivity and taking that step from your household that you bring in. I'd love for you to speak a little bit more on that because I really do feel like your designs are very uplifting and the collaborations that you've taken on. It really is, it's a feel-good brand and a feel-good product. I am um I am a very joyful person and I try to live life with the fullest that I can. Being like waking up at 5:30 to go to the gym, like you know, throwing my daughter, I don't know, a, a birthday breakfast. I try to leave as much as I don't know. I I think I I I really want to leave as much as I can, and I really want to leave the best that I can uh, while doing it. In fashion, I I was telling my husband that I think it was my first love. Then it came him. Then it came the kids, <laughs> and I really love it. I'm so obsessed with it. I, I don't even know. It's just like, a, it's second nature to me, right? And I saw so many women being, wanting to have it, wanting to have that neon dress or, you know, the crazy shoe or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So the desire was there the same way that I, you know, that I want to wear myself. I saw a lot of women wanting to wear those emotional pieces, but they always told me that they couldn't justify paying it. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to get the black version because I'm going to wear the most of it. And I, in La Rude, it's like the full on opposite. It's like, you know, get the fashion, the fashion, it's cool. You can wear this year, next year. It's not a trend-based seasonal product. So everything that we do is, for you to, you know, if you want to have a flower shoe, why don't you have that flower shoe forever? You know, it's not, okay. it's not going to pass on the trend mm-hmm. and you should, for me, like fashion, it's so joyful that I want to give that experience to like more women out there and just bring joy to other people's lives. Right. And that's what we want the brand to be for you to buy something and feel good and not feel like, oh my God, should I have bought this so expensive? Why should I return? You know, there's, we don't want that feel guilty mentality. We want like, you know, I got it. I'm going to wear it. I can wear forever. I can wear for drop-offs. I can wear for like a date night. I just, I can just leave this fashion joy. Right. Oh, I absolutely love that. That's beautiful. It really is like the perfect storm of emotional, the quality that you feel good and confident in that purchase and bringing your personality into it. I, I love what you said about wanting to really enjoy life and just revel in it. And it's like, I mean, we've got one of these. Time is limited. Who knows? I love that saying that's like life is short, but also life is long. That yes. let's live it up, you know, be true to yourself, but really find those ways to pave the path forward. So this was such an amazing conversation. I do want to close it out with tell us a few things that you're excited about in the coming years. What can we be expecting? Oh, I'm very excited for the growth of Flower Day and also the growth of, you know, um, to be able, we do a lot of like collaborations and and a lot of part of the collaboration business that we do is, you know, to find a new talent, um, to, to be able to do shoes for others the same way that we do, you know, for us since we have our own factory to continue to build this Flower Day as a platform 
where other designers can use our expertise the same way that you know Tom Ford did with the lauders you know when he was launching perfume mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm looking for the moment that we can continue to expand not only the brand itself but then the company when we add like other designers into the fold and we can manufacture shoes you know for others and similar to what we did to Jennifer Fisher but then you know we always say like who is the Jessica um oh my god I'm blanking now uh who is the Jessica Simpson for Vince Camuto like that's what we are aiming for we are we're aiming to build a group a fashion group where we can facilitate shoes for others beyond ourselves that's really exciting. I I mean, that's so amazing too. And I'm sure it really stems a lot from meeting all amazing talent and everything that you've done over the course of your career. So I can't wait to see how that <laughs> unfolds. Very cool. Thank you so much, Marina. It's been Thanks so much. Conversation. support on the curated podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on the latest. And in the meantime, give me a follow on TikTok and Instagram for all the happenings in between. I'll see you back here soon.